1: forever
2: dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends and they love sex and the city and they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, so many dudes. every little dudes, all the dudes and we couldn't help but wonder Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mixed it up. Did it confuse you? I never
3: say it that way. You sounded so upset to be here. I'm sorry. I'm just really overwhelmed. And I'm Rose Cerno. I think we should keep it in. I really do. I don't uh, think we should redo it. Maggots. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's saw so, okay. so
1: long. I Cerno just showed
3: up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help help But but
2: wonder, Wonder,
3: a podcast
2: where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. Um I I texted Jamie and Skylar earlier. It's a weird day to record a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very white strange. Supremacists, uh terrorists have tried to uh well have overtaken yes. Capitol Hill. Uh somebody was shot and there's an attempted coup happening and we are here talking about sex in
3: the city. <laughs> Cuz we're all about levity over here. <laughs> you know, Wow.
2: I was like, I don't know if I can do it today, but I know that I can. And uh, this will be going on all day. So I can be glued to the news for 23 yeah. hours instead of 24. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Exactly. What a day. What a time in history. What a time um, in history. Well, Rose, on that note, who who were you this week? Um, I would say
2: this week I am a classic. I would say I'm a Carrie Charlotte blend. Mm hmm. Mm hmm because uh my back is finally getting better to the point where I could go back home I'm standing up Yay. obviously I, and so I'm dating again and oh. when I start dating again <laughs> just a lot of my old anxious attachment habits just get really triggered and I just do a lot of behaviors that um, remind me of Carrie and Charlotte mm-hmm. Charlotte because mm-hmm. Charlotte's like a Charlotte has they both have anxious attachment, but Charlotte, the way I feel like Charlotte is like I go to fantasy land very quickly. And like people might think that's normal, but there's a level of it that's not useful. And I definitely feel like I have done that with a couple of people, either good or bad, like assuming things are going to be amazing or assuming things are going to be terrible. And both of those are. Is that what
3: that means? Fantasy land? It could go either way. You could. Is it for me? Just is it? Oh, it's obsessive
2: thinking it's like future tripping. Future uh, tripping, so it. I was I was doing that. And then, yeah, there's just a bit of a quality of intensity that I'm trying to kind of calm down and ground and work through. So I'm trying to do healthy, mindful, grounded dating, um, which is a challenge for me. It's really funny. I had a therapy appointment this morning and I was telling my mm-hmm. therapist that, like, there was a guy that I matched with who, like, wanted to go on a distance walk. And after a two hour FaceTime, I was like he's nice, cute enough, but I just like, I just don't see it. And so feeling t- it, so yeah. I texted him. I was like, no, thank you. Like, you seem really great. I sent a really nice text, but then I told my therapist about it. And I was like, do you think that's bad? Like, should I have given him a chance? And he's like, just so you know, Rose, like you're d- like, don't trust your instincts when it comes to dating. Cause your instincts are interested in people that are not the right match for you. So I think mm. he wasn't saying like you should or shouldn't go out with this guy. He's like, but if you didn't just like instantly feel yeah. like hot fire, he's like yes. the people that you're going to feel that with are going to be people that are triggering your attachment wounds, not like actually good partners. Wow. And so what's
3: the fix for that? How do you, how do you tap into like, he's your like, you just have, to intuition.
2: have well, he just says that I think it's just over time spending time with people. And he was like, He's like the thing I hear over and over again, he's like from my clients who have anxious attachment styles, they're looking for someone who's really good looking or really successful Uh, or really funny. And he's like, those aren't the qualities that make a good partner. The qualities are available, make you feel secure, are interested in you, actively, you know, wanting to be around you like Right,
3: right. Oh, that's so interesting. That's really interesting to hear. Yeah. So
2: anyway, I'm definitely a Carrie Charlotte blend because I'm getting a little cuckoo. But unlike Carrie and Charlotte, I also have a bit of rose in me, which means I go to therapy and I take care of business.
3: Yes, that is very not Carrie or Charlotte. Not at all. Who were you this week? Um, I was just a pure ass Carrie, um, just completely undiluted. I have been only writing and shopping. Mm, so fun, and you live that's in New New York. about as Carrie. Yeah. And I'm living in New York right now. That's about as Carrie as it gets. I mean, it truly is like, I don't know, I don't see how it's sustainable, but it's like I'm working on this this movie that I'm writing and I have a schedule that I've made of like, I have to hit a certain number of pages every day. And so I've been hitting it. I've actually, I think the schedule is almost too easy on myself. It'll be like, write A page and a half today. And it's like, of course I can do that fairly quickly. Um, but I did that to like, so I don't psych myself out. Well, you're giving I yourself don't. reasonable goals. You're yes, not making yes, it yes. crazy. So, so, so if I surpass it, I'm like, wow, Jamie, great. You made it but to that's two that's actually days. good. Like, I like that. It's probably, it It probably is, but it's also going a lot slower than it could. Um, mm. But anyways, then on, anytime I'm like, I've I've finished a task, I'm like, you know, I'm going to walk. I'm going to take a walk. And then like, I went to Sephora the other day and I like just bought this stupid color of eyeshadow that I'll never wear. And then I was like, I have to return this. So I returned it. And then I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, I returned it. So that means I have twenty dollars to spend. And then it's like I ended up like buying another thing. It's just like I should have just returned it and gotten my money back. But instead, I was like treating it like it was something like, like free money I had. Yeah, like free money. It was just sort of silly. And I just New York is so expensive. I know that we know that. But like when you're really here and the day in, day out, you're like this Place is outrageous. Are you sinking money right now? Are you hemorrhaging money? I was. I think I've reeled it in because I think when I first got here, it was just like just kind of cold and shitty outside. New oh, York yeah, yeah. restaurants fun. Yeah. Or even just like I liked like ordering Grubhub and Seamless because all the food here is so great. Yeah, it's delicious. But I, after a couple of weeks, you're starting to be like, wait a minute. Like we're spending so much money on food. It's so yeah. out. it's just like getting out of control. So I finally bought groceries this week and like I feel more like an adult. But cool. yeah, so I think the hemorrhaging is, is slowing down. But cool. yeah, I mean, it's I spend so much more here than I ever would in L.A. But what are you going to do? So anyways, yeah, I definitely need to reel it in. But yeah, the city is just so... spendy, spendy oriented. It's so spendy. It's also like even if you don't spend, even if you're not buying expensive things, it's like even today I went in to get coffee in a random bodega. And then I was like, actually, I'm also going to get a Red Bull because sometimes I like to have those in the fridge if I like really have to do like a long stretch of work. And I just bought a coffee and a Red Bull and it was like seven dollars. And I was like, is that what it normally costs? Like everything just feels so inflated to me. Dude, I feel like
2: a latte in L.A. is like basically I feel like when I got a matcha latte, it was like six
1: dollars.
3: This is bodega coffee, though. So I was like, I don't know. I was like,
1: they should be giving it out. Yeah,
3: I was like, it should be like (laughs) a dollar ninety nine. It should be like donations requested. How much is a Red Bull? Like, I feel like Red Bull should be what, like. $249. $249. Like, I don't know. I just, in my head, maybe I'm totally wrong about what things cost, but that just sounded so expensive to me. So, yeah, I'm just kind of like trying to be responsible. There you go.
0: There you go.
3: We are talking about season six, episode nine, A Woman's Right to Shoes. Rose, kick it off.
2: So the episode begins with Carrie buying gifts. Everyone she knows is either getting married, having a baby or something like that. And she has to get something for everyone. Later, she and Stanford head to a baby shower for their friend Kyra. When they arrive, is it Kira or Kyra?
1: Kira. It's just Kyra. That's how she's credited.
2: Oh my god, I love that you literally like spelled it the right way. Okay, great. When they arrive, they're quickly told to take off their shoes. Kira doesn't want dirt coming in, so Carrie just has to trust that her manolos will be safe without her.
3: Over at Miranda's building, she's trying to keep her co-op board meeting from running long so she can get back to Brady. The board is set to interview Dr. Leeds, a potential new tenant. As soon as he walks in, Miranda changes her tone. He's Very handsome, played by Blair Underwood. Mm. And suddenly, she has all the time in the world to chitty chat with Dr. Leeds and the crew.
2: Meanwhile, at Charlotte's, she's getting the hang of living with Harry. This is so disgusting. Um, The guy's a bit more of a slob than she'd like. He leaves used tea bags everywhere, and she wanders around cleaning them up. Back with Miranda, the housing board wraps up, and they don't want Mr. Leeds. But Miranda thinks that's BS. They flag his alimony payments and that he's single while she knows that their real problem with him is plain and simple. He's black.
3: Back at Kira's party, Stanford and Carrie decide it's time to leave. Unfortunately, when they head out, Carrie has a surprise. Someone stole her Manolos, the ones that she was asked to take off to enter the apartment. Kira apologizes and gives her a ratty pair of shoes to walk home in, which she discusses the next day.
0: These were new Manolos. I had not even done a full lap around the party. And you know, I don't play favorites with my shoes, but these were very special. Who would steal shoes from a party? Someone size seven with excellent taste. Why in hell did you take your shoes off to begin with? We had to. For their kids. Apparently, we drag things in on our heels that make children sick. Please, it's children
3: who drag the germs around. Brady got the chicken pox courtesy of some kid who licked him at the
0: playground. Oh my God. Kira must have been mortified. Actually, I kept waiting for the mortification that never came. She just said they might turn up and sent me home. Those shoes are not turning up anywhere but a pawn shop in Brooklyn. Oh (laughs) stop, I'm gonna cry in my flan. So that's it? They're just gone? Boo hoo? Well, legally, she owes you for them. I can't ask her to pay for my shoes. Why not? If you gave a party and told her to leave her baby outside in the hall and her baby was missing at the end of the night, believe me, there'd be payback. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Children are not shoes. I know, I know, I'm not saying it. You have every right to be upset about your shoes. I am so sick of these people with their children. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. Sitting <laughs> next to me in first class, eating at the next table at John show. Hey, Look okay. at that. Hey, this place is for double cappuccinos, not double strollers. I'm sorry.
3: Hey, no need to apologize. I wouldn't bring Brady here. Mommy needs two hands to eat a $8 cake. You're not gonna defend children? No, I don't like any children but my own. Look at that dirty little rug rug. That's just chocolate. All children are beautiful, but not as beautiful as Brady.
2: You know, what's interesting is one of my mentors from the Sundance Labs, Jenny Bix, is an executive producer on the show and doesn't have children, never had kids, has been with her partner, husband for a long time. And it's just funny because it's like, I'm sure a lot of this is her experience also, like coming into this of like being treated did you write this episode? This do is know? one of
1: her episodes. Yeah.
2: OK, well, this to me makes a lot of then, sense. Yeah. But I have to say it is truly insane to me. Uh, my sister has kids. I, I don't have too many friends with kids, but I, I do know some people with kids who I'm close to. Yeah. And if you lost a pair of designer shoes at their house, they wouldn't be like, oh, whatever. I mean, that's like kids or no, that's like really crazy behavior just to give someone like some ratty sandals.
3: No, this woman, this I feel like selfish. It's really frustrating because I feel like they're definitely alluding to the fact that Kira is not reacting. She's not having an appropriate normal reaction to someone. By the way, this is a small gathering. So it's not like, whoa, there were so many people here. Who knows who could have walked off with them? There were like 20 people. You should be sending out an email and being like, hey, who took Carrie's shoes? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I trust you guys. You should also you know? be
2: extremely, extremely Extremely, extremely That a disturbing. friend of yours would steal someone else's things. That's crazy. That's my
3: point. It's like, this is a bigger problem than just, oh, Carrie's shoes went missing, whatever. It's like. It's like one of your friends
2: is a fucking thief. One <laughs> of your best yeah, friends. I'm like,
3: this is a, there's a much bigger issue at play here. It's like. Kira's a sociopath that is not really being driven home as much as it should be. Um, and it's just interesting. Like, yeah, I feel like we kind of just sort of gloss over the fact that her reaction doesn't make sense. Um, her friend, someone is a thief uh, in the group. We don't know who, like the whole thing is just a bigger deal than, Oh, my Manolo's went missing. And I, I don't know. I'm also feeling lately like, I know it makes sense in New York City to take off your shoes when you enter a place. I get it. Everyone's walking around. You're bringing in dirt, whether you have kids or not. Like, it's just bringing dirt into the house. Why not leave the shoes at the door? I will say, just from an aesthetic aesthetic standpoint, I hate having to take my shoes off. I just hate walking around in my socks when, like, the rest of my outfit is cute. I just hate it. And I understand it, and I'll do it, but I hate it.
2: I have to say, it does make an outfit look bad. And I probably don't like doing it in other people's homes. My house is too small for it even to matter. But uh, I have quite a few close friends who are Asian, and it's a very common thing in Asian households to take off your yes. shoes and not walk yes. around. And they think that like white people are like filthy just to like trot and I mean, everything. It makes it is sense. A little it filthy. is filthy. No, no, no. Yeah.
3: I'm I'm saying the tradition makes sense. No, I hear you. I'm just saying custom. I am just talking about from a purely selfish standpoint. I get sad when I have to remove my shoes because then I'm just like, well, I just felt, I feel like I'm at a, at a pajama party. I'm just like, strolling around in my socks. I know, but I do understand it. And I also like, yeah, I have had people over. I'm like that. Like, yeah, shoes come off. Like, it's just a thing. I get it. It yeah. makes sense. I think, I
2: think this woman is nuts though, because it's like, uh, also like putting your feet in another person's shoes is disgusting. And just being like, Oh, here's the, I think it would have she would have been much more sympathetic if she was like, Oh, my God, Kira, I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. I've got five kids. I'm losing my mind. I love you. This is so fucked up. Can I deal with this tomorrow? Just something to be like, because if if we're trying to insinuate that she just can't deal with this shit, I would have more sympathy if she would just led with like, instead of this smug thing of like, that's not important, just like I'm having a meltdown right now. Can I get back to you? Like,
3: I know she's just so unsympathetic. Also, Tatum O'Neill plays Kira mm -hmm. and her performance is it's interesting i think part of it i think she's great i think it's great casting i i don't feel like she acts a lot like i know she was a child actor i don't really know about her adult acting career and it does feel like she's a little out of practice so all of her reactions are like very big and it's interesting because it actually helps with the character cuz she feels a little disconnected So it adds to that sociopathy a little bit when she's like, wow, Carrie, I don't know. Like, wow. You're like, oh, that's like terrible acting, but also because she's such a lunatic it works
1: well speaking speaking to that point i almost expected because yeah. this was my first time watching this episode like yeah, i yeah, almost yeah. expected the reveal was going to be that kira took carrie's shoes and she was just oh, trying to like totally. play it off totally. that like oh it's crazy they walked out of here but i actually like right, have them in my right. closet i can't wait to wear them please stop bothering me carrie because i want these <laughs> but they didn't build to that
3: the fact that it's not about someone whether it's her or someone at the party being a thief Yes. And her just being like a terrible person who doesn't care about her friends who come over and bring gifts. Like, I don't know. It's just this episode feels like it should be about more things than it is. Agreed. That's so true. OK, so getting us back into it.
2: After lunch, Charlotte talks with Harry after he leaves yet another tea bag out. To her surprise, he takes it pretty well. He'd been trying to watch his behavior, which Charlotte totally appreciates. But she also wants him to be himself. Her apartment is their apartment now. And I have to say, it's it's. I think it's really sweet that Charlotte recognizes that she's controlling and that she wants to be an agreeable, kind wife.
3: Yes, I think it's so, sweet. too. It's sweet. I mean, she's, it's hard it is for her. Sweet. She's yeah. trying. No, yeah, she's, she's really trying. Is. And that is hard having, like, someone move into your space and, you know, it's it's, not, it's an adjustment.
1: I also yes i i really like charlotte's uh the way that charlotte's written in this episode and the way that she reacts in this episode i love the choice of what they do with harry because it's like as soon as charlotte asks him to get comfortable like no one has ever gotten more comfortable than harry's character in I this mean, episode it's, it's so
3: nuts. funny
1: nuts it's so funny
3: And he's like it's cocktail hour
1: <laughs> and like <laughs> the idea that he's always like felt oppressed by clothes or something he's like finally i'm married it's i can so be funny. naked it's he's wild. also just such a
3: like straight laced lawyer type yeah. in so many ways so it's just very funny that that's kind of how he like lets loose behind closed doors it's so goofy so miranda runs into dr leeds again the board approved his application so they are officially neighbors while they ride the elevator dr leeds gets very close to miranda it looks like she picked up Brady's chicken pox. He helps Miranda doctor her chicken pox back in her place, where he also meets Brady, until Magda steps in and breaks up all of their flirty tension. <laughs> Racist.
2: And Carrie decides to stop by Kyra's house to check in on her missing
0: Manolos. Oh my gosh, Carrie. I am such a shit. I should have offered to pay you for them. No, no, you don't have to do that. You know, you have kids and you lose all sense of social decency. Come in. Okay.
3: Hey. Right. Makes
2: her take Milo, off her honey, shoes put again. put your trucks
0: back for mommy. Okay. So, um, how much were they? Uh, 485. Oh, come on, Carrie. That's insane. Well, that's what they cost. I'll give you two hundred dollars. Okay, this is an awkward conversation. I'm sorry. I just think that's crazy to spend that much on shoes. You know how much manolas are? You used to wear manolas. Sure, before I had a real life. But Chuck and I have responsibilities now, kids, houses. Four hundred and eighty five, like, wow. I have a real life. No offense Carrie but I really don't think we should have to pay for your extravagant lifestyle. I mean it was your choice to buy shoes that expensive. God. Yes, but it wasn't my choice to take them off. They're just shoes. Shoes. This is almost
3: this this is so black and white. It's I like I mean, it's so when you li- it's so bad like <laughs> I mean, also when Carrie says just this is just a writing thing when Carrie says, yes, but it wasn't my choice to take them off. I also wanted an acknowledgement of like, right, but it wasn't my choice to have them stolen. Mm-hmm. Like, where is the acknowledgement that someone stole her property? Like, I, I just I don't know. I just want somebody to get angrier.
2: I also feel like this episode is a, this episode is from the point of view of people who women of a certain age who don't have children, the The theme of the episode is being made to feel like you're self-centered, that there's something wrong with you and that you're doing things incorrectly. And that's totally valid. And I totally understand that. I think this woman is so extreme that it's an intre- It's just a very extreme example of the other side, because most people with kids, you have a very close friend, Julia, my sister, like They do uh, get in their kid world, but they're not like this. It's like, this is very, it's just really extreme is all I can say. Yeah. It's just so judgmental.
3: I almost think that the example here of someone stole her shoes is not maybe the best example of this. Like, because it's such a big swing and it does have implications like legal implications and and other things that tied to it that don't get addressed in this episode. I, I don't know what, I don't know an alternative to this, but there probably could have been something that exemplified what they are going for, what point they're trying to prove more. I don't know what that would be, but I don't know that this is the best example. Yeah, I also just think it's a little confusing. It's a little conflated. I just think it's tough because the
2: thing there are things that definitely happen when people that you're close to have kids. For example, that's my point. They're way they're way less available. Yes, They're distracted yes, when they talk yes, to you on the phone. Yes. They yes. can't really listen to you talk about your problems. Right. And, and even if they don't mean to, there's always a subtle vibe of like, at least there was not my sister, of like. Oh, you're writing a script for a fellowship. That's cool. I'm raising a pay. I mean, yeah, of no, course, she would never say that. But there's just always a layer of it. It just happens. That's relatable. This woman being like, "Well, you shouldn't have bought those shoes." Is that's what I'm saying? It's, it's just like really little, judgmental. We're
3: kind of missing the mark on the point. I feel like they're trying to prove. I like it because it's very heightened. It's fun and it's to watch. So outrageous, and it is so fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I I feel like it's it, bizarre. It opens up a broader conversation that's not really being had about like how crazy this woman is how extreme it is that like Carrie's property was stolen shaming her for the it, it's just it, I don't know it's like I almost like want to see more of Kara or something to understand how fucking crazy she is like it sucks that we only get her for one episode i guess yeah she's like, I, I agree there's a lot there's a lot going on there
2: yeah and at, the, and at the end of the day it's like this to me feels like an episode that should be about ending a friendship like to me this is exactly. not exactly mm-hmm. oh is, my god
3: exactly this is exactly. an episode about i've been
2: friends with this person Bye, for 10 bitch. years we went to college together yep.
3: but it doesn't matter done. if somebody We're is done.
2: it's so disrespectful um, We're done. yeah yeah i do think it's a great Conversation. And I think that I'm sure when this aired for the first time, it was a huge deal for women without kids to be like, thank you. My life is fucking valid. But yeah, it's a really dramatic kind of comparison.
3: Yes. Um, all right. So back at home, Carrie talks over her Kira run in with Miranda. Miranda's chicken pox have gotten worse, and she's doing her best not to scratch by binging her favorite British show. Jules and Mimi. Over at Charlotte's, Harry's really taking Charlotte's advice to get comfortable. He wanders into the kitchen fully naked to throw away a teabag. Unfortunately, that's just the beginning. Harry loves to be nude and Charlotte doesn't love it so much, but she doesn't say anything either.
2: This reminds me of a time when my sister and I lived together in our 20s in New York and Williamsburg and she walked around in a G-string and sat on our furniture and I was like, Molly, that's fucking disgusting. (laughs) Sorry, Molly, I love you. But sh- I was like, can you just put a towel on there or something? I was really grossed out. So I really understand where Charlotte's so coming from.
3: Oh, so funny. Well, also, everything in Charlotte's apartment is white. Like, but even if it wasn't,
2: it's disgusting for someone to put their bare ass on it your is, furniture. but
3: it's particularly stressful. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just Aww. found it very stressful. Yeah.
2: So Carrie decides to patch things up with Kira with a phone call, which, like, why? Honestly. I know.
3: Fuck this girl. I hate her. She's a monster.
2: <laughs> She's still feeling weird about the shoe shaming, but as soon as Kira picks up, she makes everything worse. Kira claims she's already forgotten about all of it, and Carrie must have loads of free time if she's still thinking about it before... I mean, what a psycho. Before taking off to deal with one of her kids. Carrie catches up with Charlotte afterwards for a thorough rundown of all she's spent on Kira over the years, and they both agree. Single women basically get screwed in the gift-giving game. But I just have to say... This is not I mean, I think the reason that this episode is confusing is because they're trying to do a really thoughtful, interesting episode about women who have kids shaming women who don't. But it kind of feels like the episode is really about this girl, Kira, who's a absolute psycho bitch. (laughs)
1: right it's almost like they like went a little too far with the person who's supposed to be like representative of parents it's and too so... weird
3: that's what i'm saying it's like it's not like if that's the point the point they're trying to make is not the point it's getting lost be made.
2: yes yeah 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 being like you must have loads of time it's like like is is this episode about Kira's like super depressed and has an anger problem or something right. like, or is
3: she like a kleptomaniac like you yeah, know what's and going she took Kira? the shoes and are the sh- like Yeah. um, All right. Well, anyways, Samantha tries to have a productive work lunch at a restaurant, but she's interrupted by a loud child playing with pasta (laughs) to make things worse. A host stops by to tell Samantha to get off her phone. Samantha asks if he has any plans to do anything about the disruptive kid. He does not. So she takes it into her own hands and confronts the mother of the child. Instead of listening, the kid flings pesto pasta in Samantha's face. So Samantha leaves.
2: It's funny. It's a really funny scene, and like, it's really funny when the mom like sneakily looks at her she's kid like, and she's
3: like, "Honey, don't do that to the nice lady." It's super
2: funny. <laughs> I, I definitely feel like I've been on all sides of it. Like, I haven't been on the side of being a mother, but I definitely understand that kids are kids. But I'm sure there have been times where I've been in movies or restaurants where I'm like, "I just do bring." But you're not mad at the kid. You're mad at the parent. Like, why of the course, fuck would you of course.
3: do that? Um, yeah, of course. Also, it's like a schmancy midtown restaurant. Where, like, it's just not the right vibe. Yeah. no. But
1: I no. mean, you love to throw pasta in people's faces. You will I mean, agree that that's cool.
3: That part's fine.
1: We all love that. It's just also
2: funny to see Samantha yes. have that happen.
3: She's such a I funny know. character.
2: So over at Charlotte's, she has yet another run in with naked Harry, which is also interesting because in addition to this storyline, I think there's another layer of like Harry not being that attractive as part of the. I I don't know. There's layers to this Mm. while she because it's not like it's Brad Pitt who's just like waltzing around. You know what I mean?
1: It's definitely supposed to play on him. It being also a a funny image of him, him being the person who's naked.
2: It's supposed to be. Yes, exactly.
3: She's like kind of like, honey, I want to fuck you. But in the dark. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Like when I can think about my ex.
3: When I can think about Trey's body.
1: Harry, at least do me the courtesy of putting a bag on your head.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: i <laughs> uh, look at the body.
2: At least wait until I do the hologram machine yeah. on top of you. Um, while she is trying to be less rigid, Harry dropping his bare ass on her new white couch is too far. I have to say, asterisk, it's also really tone deaf of Harry to think that she would be like, do you even know yeah. your wife? Do you know like, your wife? Yeah. So she finally says something, and yet again, Harry takes it pretty well. He'll start wearing shorts.
3: Back at Miranda's, Dr. Leeds stops by. I'm fine. <laughs> Come on
0: in. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh. Hey, I've seen a seven-foot-tall man's shinbone poking through his calf, so... Hey, where's Brady?
3: Oh, he's asleep.
0: Oh, that's too bad. I wanted to give him this.
2: Oh, I'm pretty sure his hand eye coordination is still a little subpar to make the team.
0: If he's gonna go pro, you gotta start him young. What are you watching?
2: Oh, it's just Jules and Mimi. It's silly.
0: Yeah? What's it about?
2: Well, that's Mimi. She's the landlord, and right next to her there is uh, Jules, and they've slept together a couple of times, but Jules may be involved with the girl who works in the sausage shop. Mm. In a nutshell.
3: Well, he seems to be pretty into her
0: now. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Really? My cable's not hooked up yet. Jules. You know, you didn't have to bring the rent over in person. It's a few tube stops between friends, eh? I love a brother with an accent. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we'll stay friends after this? I hope not.
3: It's a great scene. Oh, my God.
1: Mimi, you're so soft is so funny.
3: <laughs> i <I'm> so <laughs> soft. I thought that, too. I'm like, I never realized that that's what's said. It's so funny.
2: I have to say, um, there's also something like, I wouldn't say racist, but sort of like racially embarrassing because she's watching this thing yeah. about like, oh, a white yeah. woman who's like exoticizing a black male, yes, you know, which
3: I actually think they are. Maybe not directly, but it's definitely known when they wrote this. Like she's a white woman who's attracted to a black man. Yeah, like she's watching this almost like erotic fan fiction of like, ooh, what would that be like? And then they're watching it together. It's the whole thing is just, and it's basically porn. It's so excellent. Yeah, it's interesting because
2: we've like said many, many times, many times, many ways, we've said that. This show is fucking absolutely have it has its head up its ass when it comes to race. But it's kind of funny because then we have an episode like this where it's like they're acknowledging racism because the board doesn't want him to live there. Yes. And people are disapproving. But they're like acknowledging it. And there's like a, a dusting that it's wrong. But it's more kind of like a shrug of like, well, that's just how it is. It's like they don't really want to go there or comment on it. But they're like, yeah, I mean, racism. Yeah. Right. It's kind of interesting. It's like such a like it is pinky toe version of no, dealing with I know. it. know
3: it is interesting, too, because, yeah, I mean, co-op boards are just so notoriously shitty and difficult. And yeah, so I was like, oh, it's kind of interesting that they touched upon it. But then I agree with you. It's it is just like a tiny little acknowledgement they don't really then, deal with it like sh- no and also like Miranda if those are your neighbors like I would fucking have it out with them I'd be like this is like not where I want to live
2: yeah it like, should have been like a locker room scene it should have been like yes. a, like this is fucked yes. up like he is a full yes. doctor or there should have been yes there should have been a scene with the core four and her being like oh my god I live in that's, a racist that's building that's if it were written
3: today that's, yes. that is exactly what would happen if it were written today. yes also-
1: to the to the point in which they make these like little stutter steps towards like being a little more progressive and inclusive but they're not ever fully going all the way like they have this first black character who who is a romantic lead but of course, he he is a doctor, but he's a doctor for basketball. Like, it's like so like it's got to be like <laughs> yes. we got to make the black guy associated with basketball in some way. It's like, really? It's a
2: great I'm observation. glad you said this, Skylar, because I posted something like this on my Instagram about The Bachelor. But then I deleted it, not because I think there was anything wrong with what I said, but I just wanted to celebrate more that there is a back- black Bachelor then criticize it. But I just started watching The Bachelor. I'm sure 99% of our listeners also watch The Bachelor. It's, there's a very big overlap between people that watch Sex in the City and people that watch reality TV shows about romance. And The Black Bachelor is lovely, gorgeous, seems like a great guy. But we learn early on in his story, he's mixed race. His mother is white. His father is black. He grew up with his mother. It sounds like his dad was not in the picture. And I'm like, they've had 25 seasons of white people. The first time they put a black guy on, he has to not have a relationship with his father. There weren't Uh, thousands of other black candidates, men who had like awesome, stable families. Again, it's not to criticize him. It's the producers of like, yeah, you know that all of your audience is largely white. You're just kind of feeding into this corny ass stereotype. Like Mm -hmm. I thought that was lame, honestly. Agreed. Like if you're going to, the bachelor is watched by millions of people. If you're going to make this big deal about the first black bachelor, just have them come from a two parent household. How hard is that? Like, you know?
1: Yeah. There, I mean, this, like, this feels like such a common problem, like where there are again, like stutter steps towards inclusivity and and whatnot. But like, there's always some way in which like, especially when it's white creators, there is like hedging or some clunky decision-making that goes into the depiction of a character of color and it's like it's it's annoying.
2: <laughs> it's just like don't do... I'm surprised in 2021 they're like, we found the perfect black bachelor. He was raised by a white family and doesn't have a relationship with his black dad. Yeah. It's like, really? That was...
3: I your... know, you're like, guys <laughs> yeah, it's just like ugh. you always... yeah, it's just like... There one wasn't step. one other guy yeah, like, in America? Like, uh, <laughs> can we just like round this out without that? Yeah. This is
2: stupid. Okay, so anyway... And Carrie makes one more call to Kira. She says she is getting married to herself and she's only registered at one place, Manolo Blahnik. Kira finally gets the message through her thick fucking skull, goes to the (laughs) store, buys the shoes that she's registered for. And Carrie finally gets her shoes back and heads out on the town to enjoy them.
3: This brings us to our question of the episode.
0: When we were young, Marlo Thomas sang to us about accepting each other and our differences. But then we got older and started singing a different tune. We stopped celebrating each other's life choices and started qualifying them. Is acceptance really such a childish concept, or did we have it right all along? When did we stop being free to be you and me? This is like a classic example of
2: like a really bad question. <laughs>
3: bad. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't think it applies to what we just watched. It's, I honestly don't even know what to do with it. This is what, what you this think? is what the
2: question of the episode is. Yeah. How do you punish your psychotic friend who tried to steal your shoes? Yeah. That's
3: the real question, I think. That's also the, I would love to watch that as well.
1: I would have loved also to just read that column of Carrie's where it's like, here's how I got back at Kira. Yeah. You
2: know what's strange about this episode? I killed a mouse and left it on her doorstep. Yeah. took
1: one of her kids. (laughs) I feel like there
2: are scenes and episodes where Carrie, you know, really fucking lays down the law and says something really poignant. I'm kind of surprised that she didn't, She's too, she's too, like, thoughtful about this. She's too, like, there are good people on both sides about this. It's like, mm-hmm. no, Carrie, your friend is a psycho what, and
3: you ugh. are being, yeah. This is not, this episode is not up for debate. Like, yeah, that's what is problem. going on here is, is so clear. It's just egregious. It's so, yeah. It's, it's egregious. It's obvious. Like, yeah. yeah, there's just nothing to, there's really no question. Cause most of the questions of the episode are like, interesting and up and up uh what's the word I'm looking for open ended and they Messy do kind of sticky. leave you yeah. thinking yeah you're like ooh i don't know let's explore all angles of this but there's really no angle to explore here we're just dealing with like a full grade psychopath
2: 100% agree i um i think that like a question is you know i think something that is worthwhile debating and thinking about and something we all have experiences in our like maintaining relationships with people who have really different values and whose lives are moving in really different directions and maybe doing things that you don't approve of. For example, you could have a friend who is always broke, never has enough money to pay their bills and is buying $400 shoes. And you could be annoyed with your friend and be like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't respect my friend. I'm really turned off by her behavior, blah, blah, blah. Like, I definitely think that, that there is a, A discussion to be had about being close with people whose choices you don't respect, whose values you don't respect. Like, how do you navigate that? But I think I think this is trying to kind of go there, but it just misses the mark. And I think at the end of the day, like whether your friends have kids, whether they don't, whether they're wildly successful career gals or they're mildly successful and have no ambition at the end of the day, you have to respect your friends and you have to treat their lives as important as yours. Like, you know,
3: very well said. Yeah, completely agree. Um, Okay, well, this brings us to our final segment. I'm horny for sex in the shit, sex in the
1: shitty. It's obviously
3: it's not (laughs) shitty. It's so great. Um, But it's obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now?
2: I'm horny for a few things. I'm horny for Stacey Abrams for basically flipping Georgia. I'm horny for all the people that voted for the first time in Georgia. I'm horny for all of the people that phone banked for Georgia. And I'm horny for black women who have been on the front lines of uh, getting our country back to sanity. And uh, we're all going to benefit from it in a massive way when Biden is president and he can actually pass oh, stuff. Like the fact that we we're have so a democratic close. senate. So and I'm sorry if I this know. alienates our listeners, you know that we're all wildly liberal. There's no this is not like a Taylor Swift like sharp left turn for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like and so basically I'm just really horny for
1: We've been dancing around it for so long.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just think that like uh it's been said a lot, but like black women have carried A lot on their backs for a really long time and we are all reaping the benefits and i hope that socially personally institutionally they are rewarded
3: i love that i'm also horny for that thing i don't i don't feel like uh have any other horny for us it's true it's just uh it's uh this is an
2: unprecedented time and finally going on
3: yeah finally there's unprecedented
2: good news
3: Yeah, I'm not going to be like, there's this great little juice shop. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get so intense. It's just like. No, 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 it's perfect. I think it actually is the best way to close out this episode. We have the same horny for for the very first Sometimes time.
2: Sometimes Jamie and I are horny about the same things at the exact same moment. Yes,
3: yes. Um, well, on that note, another great app. I was going to say I was going to say another great day and I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys, as we are. I mean, you're going to get this a
2: week or so later, but just so you know, know, it's
3: a little delayed. But just know that that is what we are currently dealing with on this day that we record. Yeah. Just know that
2: I am hearing sirens because there are psycho Trump supporters in downtown L.A. trying to storm City Hall. So it is a weird and wild time. I hope you are safe. I hope you are don't have to deal with any crazy family that believes in this conspiracy. And uh, I'm excited to enjoy democracy with you guys very soon.
3: Very, very soon. Okay. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Listening to couldn't help a wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBW Pod and follow my co host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co host
2: Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please
3: rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us, it helps you, it helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye.
1: Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit ForeverDogPodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.